Hi everyone, welcome back to Spill It with Sunny. I am your host, Sunny Haas. Uh, before we get started, just want to do the quick announcement that there is going to be explicit language throughout the podcast, as well as occasionally um, some pretty adult topics. I'll be sure to um, put in the description and everything if such content is involved in that particular episode. Uh, also, I am not being paid by anyone yet, and I'm not promoting anyone that is paying me to promote them. If I promote someone, it's just out of sheer respect, love, loyalty, any of those things, um, admiration. Uh, so, um, the opinions, therefore, that I express are my own. I'm not representative of anyone but me. Oh, and music. If there is music, and there probably is, uh, I wrote it or, um, you know, <laughs> I created it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I don't want to give the impression that I'm sitting down and composing these great and wonderful pieces because it's really not how I'm spending my days right now. Although I probably should, to be honest, I've got practically nothing but time. So in that, uh, I'm sure that also follows up with, well, then why is this the first time we're hearing from you in months? So while I've had nothing but time, I have decided, okay, I have never really truly until now had an opportunity to just be for a while and um, really focus on just getting rid of a lot of toxic crap that's just been rattling around inside me without any um, accountability for it, without any recognition of the fact that it's just their rote routine <laughs> somewhere in the back helping me make really shit decisions and um, just tripping up my life and creating speed bumps and roadblocks and whatever sort of roadway <laughs> men at work on the side of the I wish there were work <laughs> never mind about that anyway my point is that um a lot of these things that have just been buried inside me uh pretty much since I was a toddler uh really needed looking at and I'd never really had time to to really dig and process and start to figure out what it is that I really <clears throat> am doing with my life at this point. I think once upon a time I knew, uh, and that didn't come to pass. And then when, when, uh, so, you know, I had always wanted to be a wife and mother. Everything that I learned how to do very well, uh, I learned to do it because I had wanted to be a wife and mother. To this day, I'm still not entirely sure if that was my uh, particular drive or my mom's drive. I know it was her drive, but I felt like it was an internal thing for me. And somehow, you know, I kind of look back a little bit on, on who really raised me other than myself was TV. And it's very possible that I got those notions from TV really, really early on. But 
uh, that was my main focus. That was my main goal in life. Yes, I had dreams. Um, and I fulfilled them, it, even if they weren't on some massive level. And mostly they weren't. I still actually managed to achieve everything I wanted to do at least once try at least once to see if that's really how I want to spend my life or just to be able to enjoy doing that thing for a while. Um, but the one thing that continues to raise itself above all the rest, and it ties in with that work I've been doing with myself for myself. Uh, and that is I have wanted to write a book uh, for decades now, but just over the last 20 years, it's just it's become this sort of itch underneath my skin. Um, I'm I'm constantly getting reminders, uh, signals here and there of you really need to get back to this. It's, it's, it's a different kind of catharsis now than it would have been 20 years ago. And so that's part of the reason why I think it's a good time to do it. But the problem with me <laughs> is I'm still, uh, I still haven't dug out the procrastination weed that's sort of Oh, so deeply rooted inside my psyche and my spirit. And um, I think, you know, a lot of it is just, uh, you know, the kind of usual avoidances that one's ego crops up and the fears and the whatever it is, the uh, I'm not going to do it to the, you know, again, to the degree that I think I should to impress everybody or whatever it is. So all of those things rattle in the back. Um, and it's very, it takes a lot of energy to shut them the hell up. Um, but that is something, again, that's something I'm working on. But while that sort of taffy pull is happening between good habits, new habits, and the bad ones that I've formed and have just been living on for decades of my life, um, it, just the idea of sitting down and writing this, typing it out, just adds another layer of stress. And um, and again, that kind of helps the procrastination. So you see the cycle. Well, you hear it anyway. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is I, it's still, it's so prevalent in my thoughts. There are other things I'm working on. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning painting, uh, something I've always really wanted to do. I'm learning, um, I'm learning to play a musical instrument that I've always wanted to play. I am meditating more. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And the, the idea of sitting down to write a book feels right now like it would throw a monkey wrench into the works. Because one of the things, you know, you've, you've doubtless heard this before, that it's one of the worst things you can do to undertake something great, big, huge in your life is to start it in the middle of chaos. And surely, you know, this is uh, today, I believe, because <laughs> I'm losing track of the days. Today, I think is September 19th. I think it's the 19th. I'll have to check that later. But, um, but clearly, if you're, you know, if you're even alive in this world right now, you know, there's practically nothing but chaos. And uh, unfortunately, living in Oregon, um, particularly in the Portland area, 
there's even more going on because we've had fires all throughout the state, all through California. Just pretty much the entire West is on fire. And um, so that added an extra level of stress and being stuck in the house and all of those things. And I'm lucky. Um, I'm really lucky. I mean, so many ways I'm fortunate. Um, luck is really not to do with it. Uh, I'm really fortunate. My um, my husband, who is theoretically my ex-husband, we verbally divorced each other. Uh, no, we didn't circle each other and do, I divorced thee, I divorced thee. That didn't happen. We amicably decided to end our marriage uh, and for reasons that we'll get into later because they're good reasons and they're valid reasons and they're reasons that people don't talk about and uh, I really think that they should because uh, I think it leads to a lot of unhealthy stuff for people. It leads to a lot of behaviors that are outside their, um, their true values and their true way of living. So getting back to the point at hand, uh, Eric and I are divorced in, in all but paper. And right now that works out for both of us in different ways. And uh, so luckily, the good news is, is that this, this has been going on for almost two years now, where we're actually coming up on our anniversary and our eighth anniversary. And uh, we will celebrate it because again, when we got married, it was it was a joyous thing. And we wanted to be with that person. And we still like being with that person, we can hang out really well. Um, we still like to watch the same stuff, we make sure to spend time watching like TV or a movie or something together. Most of the time, I'm in my bedroom and just sort of letting him have the living room area. So a lot of the time I'm in my bedroom quiet. And I think that's something that most people, if you've met me in person, it's difficult to imagine me <laughs> sitting in my room, just being quiet. And I've barely really talked uh, to anyone but Eric for the last six and a half months. Um, and so again, there's, there's a lot of processing in my head. And as I do all of that processing, the book comes closer and closer and closer to my mind, and I get further and further away from either writing it down or typing it. Now, <laughs> so when I sit down and type, there's this automatic trigger of a different kind, not a PTSD trigger. And again, we'll get into that verbiage and, and what PTSD is and that stuff later on. But uh, it's a it's a it's a starting trigger of it's time to talk in corporate speak. And so I immediately go into that mode when I start typing. And so it's really difficult to find my voice when I sit down to write. And the other thing that I do when when I do that is because I have the ability to go back and edit you know, five words in, uh, oh, that's not a strong enough beginning. <laughs> I tell myself, you know, the usual kinds of things that'll set a person back or that'll make it easier to just not face this big important thing in your life. Um, 
But again, I have tried over and over and over actually for, you know, again, decades, to the point where I took a, um, a book writing boot camp back in 2012. So I had literally just gotten married. It was uh, maybe a month in when this thing started. So um, when I moved out to Florida to be with Eric uh, and his three sons, it had not occurred to me. <laughs> and every time I say that, I I think of the big Lebowski and and Philip Seymour Hoffman going, that had not occurred to us, dude. So <laughs> that's literally what happens in my head. But um, it didn't occur to me that uh, I was going to be such a prominent parental figure in the boys' lives and um, that I would end up spending a lot of time taking care of them and really nurturing them um, away from just these really painful and sometimes really hateful ways of being that you could tell, you know, they didn't really want to be, but, you know, nobody was helping them out of that. And Orlando sure as shit wasn't going to do it. So, uh, and by Orlando, I don't mean a person, Orlando, the place, Orlando. And once again, we'll get to that. (laughs) We will definitely be getting to that later. Um, But I ended up just completely deluged and I had moved in almost a year before Eric and I got married and, and there was just nothing but that it was overwhelming to say the least. I mean, that's a crass understatement. Um, but you know, a month in, I, I wanted to sit down and take this boot camp with Jen Sincero. And if you aren't familiar with Jen Sincero, you should be on some level or another, even if you don't need her books, because I guess they could follow under the self-help, uh, category, but they're not uh, metaphysical or touchy feely, really. There's there's some elements in there, like you know, quotes from Eckhart Tolle, and yes, it is pronounced Tolle. <laughs> I heard it from his own mouth. Um, and again, that's somebody you may or may not be uh, familiar with. But again, somebody you you may want to look into. It's you know, him reading his book is a little dry. Whereas Jensen Chero's are not. She's got this really fired up personality that isn't, you know, it isn't super cheerleader, but she's cheering you on anyway. And one of the things that she, um, one of the things that she really goes after in her books, the books that, uh, certainly one of the books that made me really want to, um, really want to take the boot camp with her is her voice is very authentic. It's very um, geared towards talking to another person. It's not, um, it's not preachy. It's and all of it is really geared towards um, the understanding that other people's bullshit uh, opinions of you really don't matter because the the bottom line is if you get some of these obstacles out of your brain, you really will realize you are a badass. I mean, that's that's the name of two of her books. You are a badass and you are a badass at making money. And again, if you're having money struggles, 
That is a great title. And I cannot, uh, I cannot suggest more strongly that you get the audiobooks uh, again, because when you get her voice and her energy, it makes it that much more like per- personal, not, you know, intrusively, but, but personal, like a conversation. Um, so I took this boot camp, you know, knowing this vibe about her, knowing how she communicates. And what I thought I was signing up for was technique and, and things like that. But really what it was, um, was a different kind of technique. And it was mostly about uh, being able to sell your book. And um, certainly there were prompts to write and get your, um, you know, your outline together and etc. But really the shape of, of the boot camp was about selling a nonfiction book. And more specifically, something that is instructive or a self-help book. And the book that the book that I am writing, both in my head and occasionally typed and occasionally written down, uh, is not what I would call a self-help book, but it is largely with the drive of saying that these things happen to a person well, I wouldn't necessarily categorize myself as normal or ordinary, my normal but most likely not yours. And I, I, I'm really not that ordinary of a person. And that is not to, to say I'm better or worse than anybody else. I just am not. Uh, weird shit happens to me. That doesn't happen to my best friend. That doesn't happen to my husband. That just like doesn't happen to most people I know. And God knows I've you know been checking throughout my life. Like, am I, is it just me? Um, and a lot of times the it's it's more the extremity of of how something of how something came to pass in my life uh but also um there's a lot of pain there that that many of the people I know have not encountered in their lives whether it's familial pain or certain really traumatic events that that have happened with me that most likely didn't happen with that I I know very few people who have experienced certain of the more traumatic elements of my, certainly my, my early, early youth. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll sort of get to, to what happened later as, as an adult and um, how I began to understand my childhood. But again, uh, I want it to help people. I want these stories to not just be a giant me fest. Um it, it really is with a mind towards saying, this is a story. It is the one that I've lived, but it's not necessarily my story. It's it's what happened to a person who really was on autopilot, but still very strong, very um, resilient in ways that I still have trouble um, giving to myself and, and recognizing. But... Um, there's all like the the really tough parts were mostly in the four of my thoughts every time I sat down to write this book. So again, the uh, the boot camp had been really uh, my mind had been really geared towards taking that and and finding a way to take all of this information, some of it painful, a lot of it not, and and make it. 
I don't want to say accessible, but that is certainly true. But the, I think the main thing that I'm trying to get at is I wanted it to be balanced. I wanted it to be, again, more of a conversation with you, more of, more like me talking to you, not talking at you, but just saying, here's some, here's some stuff that went down. And, um, Certainly anyone who knows me in real life and even some folks who have had some uh, access to me online through my first little foray into social media, um, (laughs) I want to say exposure, uh, but of course I have a dirty mind, so that goes someplace completely else. But, But I think you know what I mean. Like my first foray into really opening up on social media was this little show that I did called, um, it was called 60 Second Sunny. And I started it during, uh, summer school, my first I believe it was my first year of, uh, in fact, my first, uh, my first term of interior design school once I moved to Portland. Um, And I just wanted to keep up with everyone because it was really hard to keep up with everybody. So I figured, whatever, I'll just take a minute every day and, you know, every weekday and post just a little blurb of what's going on with me. And uh, it turned out to be a really key thing for a lot of people who I had in my life, but weren't necessarily close to. And, um, and I would get messages from people when I when I didn't post saying, where are you? This is such a big, important part of my day. This one minute is sometimes the only time I smile throughout the day. Um, So that certainly prompted me forward. But again, going back to that, that boot camp, I still was in this sadness place about the book, because I didn't want it to be framed as a self help book. I didn't want to, you know, like each chapter, like, you know, how to deal with the narcissists in your life. And, uh, you know, every single one of you has had this, this issue, if not once, at least, (laughs) you know, dozens of times. And um, sometimes they are very difficult to deal with. And um, that is absolutely something we are going to delve into a bit later. Um, But let's, you know, (laughs) let's lay this down. Things were so bad when I wanted to start to write this book, including um, the worst economic downturn we had seen at the time. This was like 2007, 2008. And uh, I was unemployed. My mother had just died. And then I just started this new job and it was super stressful. And I was thrown into a fire that I had no business getting thrown into for very little money. I could barely survive. So you can, you know, start to understand where my mind may have been or was at that time. So sitting down to, to write the book when it came forward to me, um, continued to be this very dark and very sad way of speaking about this story, speaking about these experiences that have come about. And uh, I, all I could think was, if I was reading this book, it wouldn't help me. And it wouldn't really connect me. All it would be is just this painful page after page of 
you know, either good God, what is up with this woman? Or, oh my God, that poor woman. And I don't want either of them really. I want, um, I mean, I can't control, obviously, how anybody takes the information I impart, my story or not. Uh, but my my aim is certainly not to make people feel that way. It's, um, it's again, it's more of just storytelling. And I couldn't do it. I would sit down to try to do it. And it just wouldn't come. It would just be this weird corporate speak uh, of like talking about someone from the third person. And so I decided to try to write it by hand. And if I am not a writer by hand kind of person, bless JK Rowling for, um, for writing Harry Potter. I don't know if she wrote everything after the initial book by hand, but I have heard that she wrote the first one by hand, that crazy, crazy billionaire. <laughs> I think she's at least a billionaire by now, you guys. Um, so obviously there is something to handwriting, which I understand is not being taught in in all schools these days, in all um, elementary schools which completely blows my mind. But uh, I am the slowest writer. And um, so I, like, if I sit down and write with a, with a pen or a pencil, um, you know, you could probably hear how quickly my thoughts are coming and, and then they're going. So you, you, you've probably realized that too. Like I get, I kind of get a little off track. Um, and again, this is just, this is all ex, ex, explanation about where we're headed. So the stories will be a little bit more fluid and free flowing. Whereas I'm kind of having trouble describing what's going on here. So bear with me. But um, as quickly as my thoughts will come through, and I'll have a really important thought to get down on paper. uh, If I'm not typing, it'll, it'll pop out, it'll be replaced by something else almost as fast as it showed up. And uh, that is something that is a, uh, a not a mental disorder, like a learning disorder that I have. And we'll talk about that later on down the road. I just I, I just really learned about this. So it's still kind of breathtaking as to where this learning disorder has cropped up in my life and made me absolutely miserable. And now I'm like, Oh, okay, then I know this is a challenge for me and I got to find another way to do it. The boot camp didn't work. And when I say it didn't work, it wasn't Jen. (laughs) Let's just start with that. So Jen, if you happen to trip over this podcast, it wasn't you. It was me. Um, And part of the reason that, uh, that it was me is Oh my God, I was so under it with Eric and the kids. Um, And I wanted so badly for these boys to have the love and the care and the nurturing that they said that they needed and seemed like they needed, um, that it was very, very painful but I decided I had to put the book away in order to focus on my my new family and uh that was that was a mistake uh there were reasons why it made the most sense at the time but it was a huge mistake um 
because at the time I had moved there, I had I had a lot of hope. I felt really strong. And if you've ever become a step parent, particularly a stepmother, you can probably sympathize or empathize with me in terms of how immense that can be. And that you very often can go into this situation misjudging how big it'll be and how important that role is to the running of the household to to the harmony of the the new family element and how little rights and how little voice you have in the situation so there's a lot to manage and a lot to um a lot to absorb constantly and essentially you have a bunch of other adults making decisions for you and their children making decisions for you and you have very little say because everybody's just waiting to jump on you um not eric to his uh to his um credit he wasn't looking to jump on me. There were other things. Uh, he wasn't learning. He wasn't looking to jump on me about being a stepmother. He was very, very excited for me to be a part of the kids' lives. Um, it's just that things did not quite work out the way we thought it might. And um, so at that particular time, it was just bedlam. Bedlam. My uh, My middle stepson just locked into hating the wicked stepmom, even though uh, he really didn't have substantial reason to. Every kid, certainly if there's more than one, there's always going to be one kid, at least, that's going to completely disagree with any of this stuff happening. Um, even though his parents were were divorced well before I showed up on the scene, um, well before even... I, Eric and I even met, uh, they hadn't quite, Eric and his ex-wife hadn't quite finished divorcing. And, and that's something we'll, again, dive into much later when we talk about um, marriage and the, the, <laughs> the craziness that can ensue there. So constant derailing. <clears throat> too much pain, wrong state of mind. And I would sit down and write these, I would write pages and pages and, um, and they would all just be so dark and sad. And trying to frame it as a self help book, didn't make it much better. Um, even though there was a fun idea towards it. So I, I could see writing some version of, of the things that I will, um, expose you to that that I will let you in on. And um, with the hope, again, I, I keep sort of veering away from this point. With the hope, not, not just that you learn your lesson from me, which great if you do, but that's really not how most human beings learn and process and grow from their, from their trips in life. Um, and I don't mean like, would you trip man, but the, the ways in which we trip ourselves or the way in which our environment trips us up and how we can, you know, kind of deal with that stuff. Because again, a lot of the things that have happened to me are so out of the ordinary or the, the social norm or, um, again, lots of people saying, 
oh my God, I, I have, uh, how did you even survive that? Um, I want you to know how I survived it. Uh, whether it's important for you to know or not, or you just want to hear the stories, which all of it is great. Uh, but again, my aim is to say these things happened and I survived and here's what I could have done better. And here's, <laughs> here's what I did really great. And if for some reason you happen upon one of these situations, um, you'll have at least a foundation, a, a little seed of, of your way to handle that situation with some, something, something to grasp onto to start, to start dealing with that situation, to start either finding help or asking for help or, you know, helping yourself. Um, so that all culminating, um, again, I, during the quarantine, I decided, okay, maybe now's a good time to sit down and write this book. And for some reason, I wouldn't do it. I just just wouldn't do it. And some of it was because I have been going through, again, some really hardcore therapy. And and when I say hardcore therapy, I have a therapist. He is not hardcore. He is, he's really more, uh, he's really more the person I talk to about the deep, dark, um, the deep dark stuff and and some of it's not even that dark some of it's just hey i've i've sort of realized that this that this particular weed has dug into my spirit and dug into my way of thinking and acting in the world and i cannot think my way out of it so he's really more of a sounding board somebody i can talk my way through some of these some of these really kind of lifelong and really just, de- oh, I'm so determined to get, get, not get through them, but get them out of my life and create new habits and new ways of dealing with myself in the world that replaces these, um, these survival techniques that I've been living on for a half a century. And, you know, a half a century, if you take a second and just realize that for a half a century, I have been almost perpetually every single day in survival mode. Um, my childhood was not, was not stable. I think there's a lot of people out there who can certainly, uh, sympathize. But it was unstable in 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 some pretty deep uh like fucking with my brain kind of ways. <laughs> I mean, sometimes again, <clears throat> I'm not going to find the right words right away and rather than editing everything I say before I say it and lose the authenticity of my voice. <clears throat> I've decided that some parts of Spill It With Sunny are going to be essentially my book. I'm going to tell you my book. And um, at some point, this may get down in writing. Uh, it may get published. Uh, I, something I would really love to do is do some um, speaking engagements. Uh, 
some other, you know, small groups or something like that to, uh, to discuss some of this stuff or laugh about it or cry about it or whatever people might need to do um, with someone who's been through it or someone who's been through worse than they've been through or someone who's been through less than they've been through, which, oh my God, just the idea of that is, is chilling. It's chilling and I know it exists. And uh, that just, Oh, clenches my gut so hard. Um, so that is going to be one of the new formats of the show is uh, now that I've gone through that very lengthy uh, description of of why this is where I've gotten to. Uh, I hope you will go on that particular journey with me. Uh, I... <laughs> this is another place where I edit. There's there are a lot of words that I'm going to discuss with you and we're going to get back to the therapy <laughs> in a minute cuz it kind of it kind of connects with this. There's going to be a lot of words that I'm going to use with you that people have turned into weapons. The words like triggers and safe spaces and um and things of uh, things of that ilk. Uh, there's another one that really comes to mind a lot. You know, me too, and th- things like that that have significance to the people that it that it truly speaks to or or speaks about. Um, that we need that that language to say to you, this is some fucked up shit going on with me right now. And I probably look and seem like I'm out my goddamn mind. And here's why it's, <laughs> I need to step away, I need to just retreat, because I'm going to become a problem in this scenario. If I don't, it, either I'm going to become a problem for myself, or I'm going to become a problem for you. So that circles back to the therapy um, element of my life. So, um, Tim, <laughs> just, you know, Tim, my therapist is a genuinely easy vibe to be in a room with. And that is super important for me because, um, I'm a high level empath. And that's another one, another one of those terms that people shit on constantly, but it is an actual psychological, emotional, just way a human being is. And it's not magical. It's not um, that we have fucked up psyches. It's just we're a different person, you know, and we have, they're like animal instincts, really. Same with ESP, I think. Um, and, And these are, again, just my opinions. But I feel like things like ESP or empathy, not empathy as like, oh, I feel for you, bro, but true empathic responses to people and situations and stimuli um, are, it's hugely different because um, we have and when I say we, it's not, it's not like a club, but but people who experience this basically have heightened animal instincts. And so, for instance, I can walk into uh, I can walk into a room, I can walk into a, an open space in a field, uh, 
there are certain situations where I can, where I enter a space and I either immediately feel warmed and safe and happy and secure and like I can be myself there and I'm not going to get immediately accosted by anyone, uh, either uh, psychically or physically or verbally. Usually I would get abused verbally. <clears throat> and that has happened a lot in my life by strangers more more on that later but but um so again i can walk into a space i can feel the vibe and if it's a negative one it is terrifying for me it is um and when i say terrifying it's not always that level but but what i'm experiencing inside is immediate fight or flight if it's a negative thing then my animal instinct is saying, get the fuck out of here. Um, not, and it's not always like I know why it's bad. That's the other thing about being an empath. You don't always see a full picture of, of why you're feeling this way. You just are. And sometimes it's so powerful that you're gotta leave the party can't stay been here 10 minutes gotta go um and and a lot of times you'll even avoid social situations like we a lot of times we tend to kind of hermitize ourselves because it's so much to feel this energy that uh sometimes it makes us sick we have to sort of power down for days on end i know a few people who uh in my life who are as strong if not stronger empaths than I am and they they barely talk to anybody else they you know they're very reclusive very quiet and um I am that that way inside I was forced out of it when I was very young because my family didn't understand what what that behavior was, why I wanted to stay in my bedroom and be by myself and sing little songs to myself and draw pictures. And um, I was happy that way. And uh, because their vibes were pretty jacked up. Um, a lot of unhappiness in my teeny tiny house when I was little. Um, so it was easier to hide from it. And um, again, was forced out into the world. And the directive was, it doesn't matter how you feel, you have to behave like you don't feel it. And one of the things that I tend to feel um, is when I'm over... <laughs> when I'm overstimulated, when the stimuli that's coming at me or toward me or around me is, uh, is just incredibly powerful, I will feel like I'm going to pass out. My heart will start racing to the point where I feel the worst kind of fight or flight. And, and a lot of times these experiences happen when I'm with people that I don't want to leave. Like there was a, <laughs> oh my God, you guys, <clears throat> there used to be a parade at Disney's California Adventure. And, and for an empath to be, 
in a, an amusement park is is tricky enough as it is. There's so many people usually that you don't, <clears throat> it doesn't, it's just sort of, uh, how do I put it? It's sort of dissipated because there's just so much and it's, it's all kind of mingled together. So, you know, you go to an amusement park, some people are thrilled to be there and some people are fucking miserable. Um, and I think we've all experienced that, especially at Disney parks. And uh, so we're in California Adventure. I'm with my best friend, Lisa, who is on a couple of... The, she's on the earlier episodes. Um, she will be on other episodes coming up, uh, whether or not we're talking about book stuff or not. <clears throat> and I will delineate when I'm talking book and when I'm just talking to somebody. Because I do want to get artists. I do want to get... Um, I, I just want to get people that I respect and admire and adore onto the show uh, because they are a part of my life for they're amazing people and uh, have amazing things to say and have been very healing and loving presences in my life, even though, again, it wasn't like all touchy-feely. Um, so that's a great thing to know as well is, is how to see that in the people around you when you don't think it's there. But, um, wow, I got really far. <laughs> I got really far off track there, but, um, let's get back to the therapy part. Oh no, 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 no. Let me finish this. <laughs> Let me finish this thought. So I'm at this parade with Lisa and her sons and her now ex-husband and, um, I was so God, I was always excited to see Lisa because we've rarely got to see each other. And the boys, uh, you know, her oldest, I was there when he was born. Uh, and I have loved him like an extension of myself for his entire life. And I'd barely really gotten to know her younger son. Um, he's quite a, a few years younger than his elder brother, I think maybe, maybe five to seven years, because I'm that kind of auntie. <laughs> like in my head, um, the younger of the two is still like 12. And he's, you know, well into high school. So, um, we're at this parade. The boys are pretty young. Lisa's so full of energy. She's literally bouncing up and down as this parade is coming through. And it was, oh, golly, I can't remember the name of the parade, but it was predominantly Pixar. But even though it was Pixar, it was so high energy. And uh, it, the music was oh god it was soul piercingly loud and super bright lights and there's flashing and there's there's <laughs> there's army men dancing around and there's confetti flying and then <laughs> as if all of that wasn't bad enough so by the time it, it was getting to the tail end of they, they would stop in front of you so it wasn't like this constantly streaming parade there would be this float that came up and stopped in front of this particular group of people uh, on the sidelines in the audience and they would you know perform this show and they were like bungee jumping and all kinds of crazy shit and it looks fun and I think if I were little and you know not an empath <laughs> I would have fucking loved it because it was just bright and shiny and and bubbly and it was 
a nightmare for me at that moment. I genuinely felt like I was just going to pass out and that was it. And right about that point, <laughs> the float shoots out numerous little little tiny uh, Nerf balls <laughs> into the audience. So not only am I already in this space of, dear God, when will it end? <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm being pelted with with Nerf balls. And so try to imagine yourself in this really heightened state of kind of freak out, like, like just completely overwhelmed. And all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> I still want to just say balls just come flying at your face. But I think we all know where the adults are going to go with that. But uh, suddenly all these Nerf balls are <laughs> like hurling towards my head. And somehow they were getting past Lisa and the boys and her ex-husband, her husband at the time. And <laughs> next thing I know, there's just a whole... Uh, just a whole horde of them on the ground. It was like somehow the cannon <clears throat> had gotten clogged or I don't know, was just misfiring in some weird way. So we got the most of them. It wasn't like they spread out like they were supposed to. It was more like a cannon aimed right towards where we were standing. So I'm, you know, once I get over the initial onslaught, um, I think, oh, the boys might want some of these. And so I'm, you know, trying to distract myself. It's, it certainly is a tool I've used many times over the years to get through the empathic moments that are overwhelming and I can't escape. So I'm sort of running around and grabbing these Nerf balls and I, I'm sure that I gave some to her oldest and her youngest and probably even to her. <laughs> at which point she probably would have been like, yeah, I've got enough toys at home right now. So, um, so I, you know, threw some in my backpack and they ended up being my cat's babies for 14 years. Uh, but again, you know, turned that into a silver lining, but the moment that it happened was the word terror is not being exaggerated here. If it felt like, the world was swimming and that's it. I'm done. I'm over. Um, so I experience things like that constantly. And when I go to my therapist, Tim, a lot of, a lot of what's going on is me being able to talk that through with someone that I can just be completely open and not have to worry about <clears throat> who's hearing what I'm saying and whether or not they're going to get hurt by it or angry by it or uh, or whatever or misread what my thoughts were. That's really for a lot of people what therapy is. They're this, the, again, the safe space for you to just start vomiting thoughts and have this person go, okay, let's cherry pick out of there the important stuff and let's Let's take a look at that. And nine out of 10 times, he maybe speaks about four sec, four, you know, four sentences. And <clears throat> the majority of my time spent with him each, each session is me working things out through talking, just, just talking with him and just having someone see me just acknowledge me. Um, 
and again, there's, there's got to be some confusion in, in people who know me, there's got to be some confusion in your heads because you're probably thinking, fuck, I've seen you forever. But when you, you know, when you've grown up the way I grew up, you often, I often won't even realize that someone's seeing me. So, so this is a great way to just know for sure. That's what's happening. This person is invested in what I have to say and my growth. So that's why I go with him, go to him. And, uh, and in the meantime, I read a lot. I do workbooks and, um, I've recently sort of, uh, again, overwhelmed myself with, um, because I'm so eager to get past this this pain, this confusion that I've lived through, um, these, these silly, not silly, but these just really unfortunate ways in which I've dealt with life. Um, I'm so eager to get through it that very often, um, I, I will sort of overwhelm myself with projects and, um, and certainly again, these, these books that are incredible and very helpful and just so, needed in my life right now. And they're not these crappy, not crappy, but they're not condescending. Uh, They're, they're really just, here's, here's some information. Here's some stuff you could look at and talk to yourself about these things. Start digging through your shit and see what, see what the positive stuff is. Where do you need to be working on things? So, um, I'm finally taking a break from that. And that's really how I've been spending my time, partly because I just gotten to this point where I felt so hopeless, Uh, you know, and I know a lot of other people have felt that way, certainly when um, the COVID-19 lockdown initially happened. And then, you know, trying to watch the news to keep up with what's going on. And then the protests here and just the, the, oh God, the just, ah! rage and sadness and pain that I feel inside for the black community and for the brown community and the LGBTQ community and just uh, uh, it again overwhelms. So I had to sort through all that stuff and just kind of come to a point where um, where again I realized it was time to just talk to you. It was time to stop trying to figure out how I was going to do it and just talk to you. So that's what I'm going to do. And, um, hopefully they won't be as, as, (laughs) as this one has been, um, they'll be like, you know, a little bit more paced, but again, this is first one right out of the gate. So I'm giving myself that and, uh, I hope you do too. And I hope you come back because, again, um, I finally got into a place where I can tell you these stories in a balanced way. I can tell you the funny parts of them and the sad parts of them without getting too hyperbolic. I don't even think that's a word, but I'm going to make it one. <laughs> and um, and hope that you get something out of it. Again, even if it's just listening to some stories, uh, listening to the sound of my voice, which I'm already sick of just from doing it for an hour. Um, but I know sometimes when I listen to these back, I'm, I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty soothing. Now I can do my chores while I'm, while I'm listening to this. 
So maybe that's all you need this to is, you know, some background noise. But um, at any rate, I hope some some great stuff seeps in and I hope you laugh and I hope you um, I hope you feel one way or the other. But um, I'm just happy you're here and I hope you'll bring more people here. And of course, I hope to eventually um, get paid to do this show. There will probably eventually be sponsors, whether I like them or not, Uh, just again to generate some income because, you know, everybody's unemployed right now. Not everybody, but I certainly am. Um, And a lot of other people are. But now that I've come out of this darkness, I'm ready to talk to you and I'm ready to share with you. And I certainly, I do want to hear back from you. I don't want to hear hateful shit. I mean, let's be frank, you know, somebody's going to go, you should just kill yourself because it's the internet. But uh, I've thought about it. I've thought about it many times and I'm still here. So I don't know how much a suggestion is going to help out in this situation. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and getting ready to do your, your, you know, you're sitting down to type your troll message to me, don't waste your time because I am, I'm still here and, uh, and I'm glad you are. And I hope we can kind of go through this, uh, these stories in this journey together because it's not over and I hope that if we share together what our experiences are we can help one another through what is just one of the worst times that almost anyone alive right now has experienced and uh it's to me it's a great time to find hope it's a great time to talk about to talk about things that that are meaningful to us because um, stuff has gotten really shitty out there. And I think we all need a little hope. We all need a little conversation. And please engage with me. Please be sure to comment below. Um, you can also write into me. Um, well, <laughs> eventually, <clears throat> you can certainly get a hold of me at a crafted culture um, on Instagram. And I hope to get, you know, all the Facebooky. I don't know about TikTok. I'm an old lady with technology. So <laughs> maybe eventually I have a friend, uh, a darling friend, a friend I love so much who is uh, currently 16 and is so much smarter than me. It's it's painful. She's just so amazing and so beautiful. And of course, I will be um, giving you some thoughts about her because she's young and just fills me with hope and joy. And um, I had a point. I I had a point. Oh, (laughs) I went into this, you guys, I went into this wonderland of how much I love her. That's how I love. I, I, I got distracted by how much her presence means to me and that it's it's like spa for the soul and uh but she's more up on technology obviously and so you know maybe I can um hire her to show me some stuff because I'm just 
blarg. Um, but in the meantime, yes, again, you can reach me at a crafted culture on Instagram, or you can also reach me at Sunny Honey Hoss on Instagram. That's S U N N Y H U N N Y H A A S. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I just, I'm surprised that I just spelled my last name right, which is hilarious because it's only four letters. But people misspell it so often. They call us Hass, like H A S S, because of the avocados. And yes, occasionally they are spelled H A A S, but it's predominantly H A S S. And Anyway, my point is it's so stuck in my head from people spelling it wrong that sometimes I spell it that way. Anyhow, I'm going to wrap this up. It's been it's been a higher energy hour, so now I'm going to go conk out and drink some coffee and pet my dog and um and I hope you have an amazing an incredible day. Um, and I hope you're, I hope you, you're finding hope in all this nonsense and I hope you're safe and you're healthy and that your loved ones are the same. And, uh, if you're experiencing fires, please, please take extra care of yourself. And until we meet again, I am Sunny Haas and I appreciate you being here.